One day four men brought a crippled man to Jesus. Still and lifeless, he lay upon his bed. He had not moved since he was just a baby. Still he longed to become a normal man. Now we don't know much about the men that carried the corners of his tattered head that day. But if we may create an illustration, we'll see what these men might have had to say. Suppose that first man said, I doubt it, for Jesus touched my eyes and I was blind. And he made me see, and there's no doubt about it, but this man's needs are more serious than mine. So close that second man said, no need to bother. This man's condition will remain the same. Though Jesus touched my head when it was withered, I don't believe he can heal the man so lame. Suppose that third man said, I hate to question, but no one here is more skeptical than me. Though Jesus cleansed me when I was a leper, this helpless man will never walk, you see. Then every eye was turned to the fourth man to see how he might criticize and doubt. But all three men were startled with amazement when that fourth man stopped and said his name out loud. He said, my name is Lazarus, could I testify? My name is Lazarus, feels good to be alive. When I in chains of death was bound, this man up in the grave clothes of sin and God reached down and raised you up. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. God is already moving. God is already working. We had three young ladies saved in Sunday school this morning, the fifth and sixth grade girls Sunday school. I tell you what, it's just been a week to give God a hand. Amen. Thank God for what he's done. Y'all will have to be careful this morning. I'm already excited. We ain't even gotten to the preaching yet. Amen. Uh, continue to pray for our pastor. He is uh, still overseas, and along with uh, Brother Terry, and I'm sure Miss Angel and Miss Sherry are both ready for them boys to come home. And uh, they've been gone for, uh, I guess, 
over a week now, huh? And so uh, they'll be back in this Tuesday, and preacher will be back Wednesday night preaching and everything. But uh, I want to thank all of you for your help uh, while they've been gone, and uh, thank God for how well things have gone. And so we're grateful for what he's done for us. If we could have all the men come down front that will, we're going to open up the service with a word of prayer. And uh, we're going to ask God to just get right in the middle of everything we do and ask him to help us. Brother Bob McCoy, would you stand please and lead us in prayer this morning as we uh, go to the Lord and let's remember our pastor. Let's ask God to meet with us today. All right, Brother Bob. Yes, help us, Lord, today. Amen. Let's just worship together this morning and rejoice in the fact that we're saved and on our way to heaven. Amen. Everyone standing this morning because he lives. Everybody should know this pretty much. certainly glad to have you and we counted a privilege that you chose to be with us in church today we would like to have a record of you being here there's a visitor's card tear out in your bulletin hopefully you were handed one as you came in a couple of different ways we hand out visitor's cards around here and if you haven't got one yet and don't have a bulletin there should be some in the front of you there in the, in the back of the pews and uh, so hopefully you will fill out a visitor's card if you'll do that for us we would certainly appreciate it and drop it in the offering plate after a while Take this time right now to turn around and say hello to a few folks. Shake some hands. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning.
have our ushers come forward and find their places. We'll get ready to give this morning. Last Sunday morning, we had somebody here for the first time, and uh, God worked in his life. God worked in his heart, and uh, he came back Wednesday night, and during the invitation, he raised his hand saying that he wasn't sure about his salvation, and when we had the altar of prayer at the end of the service, he came forward and trusted Christ as a Savior. We thank God for that. He's here this morning. I'm not going to embarrass him or anything, but Rick, we're glad to see you. And uh, we're definitely, definitely grateful for what God did in his life. I was on the phone with him last night talking to him, and uh, he was just rejoicing and how good God had been to him. Said it took God 34 years to get him there, but he finally got him. And uh, we thank God for Rick getting saved. And it's just been a blessed week in the house of God, and uh, we're just excited about what God's going to do for us today. We're going to pray and ask God to bless the offering, and uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord right now and do that. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the chance to give. Help us, Lord, to give cheerfully as the Bible commands us to, and the Bible says that's the kind of giver that you love. Help us not to give begrudgingly. Help us to give, Lord, glad that you want us to help you in your work. Help us to give with that kind of spirit. In your name we pray, amen.
I just can't come to where you are. But he came to me. of heaven. Praise his name, he came to me. He came to me. Amen. What a service. 
What a God. Yes, ma'am. Help yourself, sister. Go ahead. Yes. Praise the Lord. Those three little girls got saved this morning. Thank God for that. Thanks to Jesus and what he did. God be the glory this morning. Amen. Amen. That's all you can say to that is amen. (laughs) I feel sorry for the preacher. I don't know where he's at right now, but he's missing it. One day it's going to be a reality. We're going to walk into his presence and see him face to face. What a joy. If you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. I have no idea if I'll get through this whole thing or not. If I don't, we'll continue it tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. What a God. Help yourself. (laughs) Amen. If I can this morning, use that as a title for my message. You're going to like living up there. You're going to like it one day. Now, I know that on this earth we can have a great time, and we have this morning. What a time we've had in the Lord. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Pardon my grammar. You ain't seen nothing yet. You're going to like living up there. You're going to like living up there. And I think we should look forward to heaven because of three descriptions of heaven that's found in the Word of God. And we'll look at those this morning. And if I can, turn your attention to the first one that the Bible talks about that heaven will be And that is that heaven will be a place of removing. A place of removing. You see, there are some things that will not be found in heaven. God has promised that they will be removed from our lives. And as I look through these latter latter chapters in the book of Revelation, I, I noticed a common strain. There was something that kept coming up, and that was the phrase, there was no more, and it would fill in a blank. And the first verse I got to was Revelation 21, verse 1, the one we just read, and it says there was no more sea. And I thought about the sea as representative of the difficulties that we face in our lives. And I thought about the fact that one of the things that will be removed is the difficulties of life. You see, we're not going to have them anymore. There will be no more sea, no more difficulty when we get to heaven. The sea stands for all the storms that we face in life. The Bible says in Jeremiah 49, 23, there is sorrow on the sea, it cannot be quiet. The origin of many storms is the ocean. Hurricanes and monsoons and tidal waves come from the sea. 
The C stands for separation. The C has separated people and places and things for years. It has separated us from, it separates us today from our pastor. But there will be no more separation in heaven. The sea is a place of secrets. Many things in the sea we will never understand. But I'm glad to be able to tell you today we will understand it better by and by. Because in heaven there will be no more sea. There will be no more storms. There will be no more separation. There will be no more secrets. I want to tell you something, church, this morning. You're going to like living up there. Because there's no more difficulty. It's a place of removing. There will be no more sea, no more difficulty. But secondly, I see that the Bible says there will be no more tears. And I thought about that as representative of all the discouragement that we face in our lives. And the Bible says in Revelation 21, 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. All these things cause tears. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I want to tell you something. We will be in a place where nothing will ever happen to discourage us anymore. There will be no more tears because of a grieving heart. There will be no more tears because of a guilty soul over some sin in their life. There will be no more guilt. There will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more dying. There will be no reason to cry anymore. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there will be no more things to discourage us. You're going to like living up there. There's no more sea. There's no more tears. But I saw a third thing that it said, and that is there'll be no more night. And I thought about the darkness that we face in our lives sometime in Revelation 22, 5. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. You see, darkness, has, darkness is a source of fear. Many children grow up being afraid of the dark. The darkness is a, is a symbol of finality. It brings an end to the day, and it brings an end to certain things in our lives. But the fear and the finality that darkness brings will no longer be upon us because we will live forever unafraid in the light of discouragement in my life. There will be no more dark times in my life. As you've walked in your life, some of you have been on the road a lot longer than others. But I want to tell you something. We've all gone through some dark periods of life. We've walked in the valleys. We've walked through the dark times. We've walked in the twilight hours. But there will be no more darkness in heaven. There will be no more discouragement in heaven. There will be no more difficulty in heaven. You're going to like living up there. A preacher once told a story of a lady in London who went around as a missionary visiting the poor. She often visited a poor bedridden saint, a lady who could not get out of bed much. She just, was, just laid there basically and lived the best she could. She met a, this, uh, this missionary lady, met a wealthy woman who was all the time complaining about her lot in life. She wanted to get this woman in contact with this dear saint. And uh, so she invited her several times to go with her over to the lady's house. And finally, the lady came with her one day and they went to this apartment building. They uh, got to the place, went up the first flight of stairs. It was not very clean. It was very dark. What a horrible place, the woman said. Why did you bring me here? The missionary smiled and said, it's better higher up. Then they went up another flight. Some of you know where I'm going. Then they went up another flight of stairs. It didn't get any lighter, and she complained again, and the missionary said, it's better higher up. Then they went up another flight, it was no lighter, and still the missionary kept saying, it's better, higher up. And when they got to the fifth story and opened the door, they entered a beautiful carpeted room, plants in the window, little birds singing away in a cage. 
that dear saint of God was just lying there with a sweet smile on her face. The wealthy woman could hardly contain herself. She said, it must be very hard for you to sit here and suffer. The lady just smiled back said, oh, it's a very small thing. It's not very hard. She said, it's better higher up. She wasn't talking about up another flight of stairs, though. And so if things are not going just right for us down here and problems seem to surround your life today, we can say it's better higher up. It's better further on. And we can lift our hearts and rejoice as we journey on toward the place that God has promised to prepare for us. And one day we're going to enter the gates of heaven and we're going to like living up there. It's a place of removing. But secondly, if I can call your attention to this, it's a place of revealing. It's a place of revealing. Heaven will be a place where we will see some things that we've never seen before. Some things are going to be revealed to us that we've never seen before. First of all, I think what we'll see is the saints, or the sights in heaven, excuse me, the sights in heaven. Revelation 21, verses 15 through 21, give us a glimpse of that city. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, about 1,500 miles, we're told. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, and 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. Verse 18, the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones, the first foundation, jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, chalcedony, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, going on and on and on, giving the different types of stones. And we move to verse 21. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl, foundations of precious gemstones, the streets in the city itself of pure gold. What a place to live. We're going to like living up there. The sights in heaven. Secondly, the saints in heaven are going to be revealed. We will be reunited with loved ones and friends who have gone on before us. We're going to sit down and hear Paul tell us firsthand of his missionary journeys. We're going to hear Peter talk about that great day of Pentecost when 3,000 people got saved. We're going to hear Moses talk about the parting of the Red Sea. We're going to hear Daniel talk about that night in the lion's den as he was thrown in that den of lions and those hungry lions just walked around him and one of them laid down so he could use his body as a pillow that night and go to sleep. We're going to hear the three Hebrew children talk about that time they spent in the fiery furnace when they, when they were thrown into that fire as we preached the other night and the bonds that had them tied up were burnt off and they got to walking around in the fire and somebody else was in there with them. We're going to get to hear David tell of that awesome battle with Goliath. We're going to get to hear him tell what was going through his mind as he took, put that stone in that sling and began to whirl it around his head and finally let it go. We're going to get to hear him tell what, what he thought about when he saw that giant fall to the ground. The saints in heaven. We're going to like it up there, y'all. We're going to like it up there. The sights in heaven. The saints in heaven. We are talking about it this morning. The most blessed thing of all, that's the Savior in heaven. I like these verses. Revelation 22, 3 and 4. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, 
and they shall see his face. And his name shall be in their forehead. First John chapter 3, verse number 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What is it going to be like? We've sung about him. We've talked to him. We've prayed. We've praised him. We've preached about him. We've heard messages about him. We've read about him. But to one day get to walk into his presence. I was thinking about it this morning and almost didn't make it to church. We are going to walk into the very presence of God one day. Rick, you didn't have that promise last week. You got it now. And we will see his face. We're going to like living up there. It's a good place. We're going to like it. The hymn writer Fanny Crosby gave us more than 6,000 gospel songs. Although blinded by an illness at the age of six weeks, she never became bitter about losing her eyesight. One time a preacher sympathetically remarked, I think it is a great pity that the master did not give you sight when he showered you with so many other gifts. She replied quickly, Do you know that if at birth I had been able to make one petition, it would have been that I should be born blind? Why, asked the surprised clergyman. Because when I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. <laughs> what kind of spirit does it take for somebody to say that? And what was it like when Fanny Crosby slipped off into eternity and her eyes opened for the first time and the first one she saw was him? One of her hymns was so personal that for years she kept it to herself. Kenneth Osbeck, who's an author of several books on hymnology, says its revelation to the public came about this way. One day at a Bible conference in Northfield, Massachusetts, the great evangelist D.L. Moody asked Miss Fanny Crosby to give a personal testimony. At first she hesitated, then she quietly rose to her feet and said, There is one hymn that I have written which has never been published. I call it my soul's poem. She said, Sometimes when I'm troubled, I repeat it to myself, for it brings comfort to my heart. Then while many in the audience wept, she recited these words. Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more is now shall sing, but all oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of the king, and I shall see him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. You're going to like living up there. You're going to like it. I don't know what we're going to be doing in heaven. It don't matter. We're going to like living up there. We're going to like it. A place of removing, a place of revealing. And then thirdly, it's going to be a place of rejoicing. A place of rejoicing. As we moved up here, I saw what everyone had been talking about. The mountains are very beautiful. The area is a nice place to live. I'll never forget the first night we came up here and 
rounded I-24 up there on the mountain and saw the city laid out there in all of its splendor at night. As I drove to Kentucky last week, I drove along I-24 and the drive between here and Nashville is just absolutely beautiful. Going through the mountains, going up through there and looking back, hardly being able to keep my eyes on the road, looking at the beauty of God's creation. Not been disappointed about what I've seen. I've enjoyed it so far. But what's it going to be like for us to get there? Where the half of what is there has not even been told to us yet. I mean, we don't, we've got some great things God's told us about. But we don't even know half of what's going on in heaven. What is it going to be like to finally enter the gates? As we sang this morning, bow on our knees and cry holy. What's it going to be like? I don't know everything that it's going to be like, but I know this. I'm going to like living up there. I'm going to like it. A place of rejoicing, and very quickly I'll share with these things and be done. We will rejoice forever, first of all, in the eternity of our comfort. To know that there will be no end to what we are experiencing will be an eternal source of comfort. I mean, we go through times in our life when things are good. But we know that the cycle comes around and sometimes we go through times that are bad. And so when we go through good times and, and we rejoice with God in those good times, we still know in the back of our mind that there will probably be some hard times coming in our life before it's all over with. But what about when we get there? Having the best time we've ever had and realizing that it's never going to end and we're never going to have a bad time again. That's the eternity of our comfort. Secondly, we see the ending of our course that we will rejoice in. To know that we are finished with the struggles of this life will certainly be a reason to rejoice in heaven. Paul said it best, I fought a good fight, I finished my courts, I've kept the faith, and he said, I'm ready to be offered now. I'm ready to go. I've done what God wanted me to do. And we're one of these days my course is going to be over with. One of these days, your course will be over with, whether it be by death or if God chooses to rapture us out of here as the saints of God. One of these days, the course will be run and we will stand in his presence and we will have no more struggles. We will have no more problems. We will have no more tiredness. We will have no more fainting on the journey. We're going to be with him, rejoicing in the ending of our course and then rejoicing lastly in the enjoyment of our commitment. We can rejoice in and thank God for our salvation forever because we will be reaping the eternal benefits of that commitment we made to Christ. Rick, when you get to heaven, you're going to be rejoicing over Wednesday night. Brother, when you get to heaven, you're going to be rejoicing over that day when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Those three girls from Sunday school this morning, when they get to heaven, you can bet they're going to be rejoicing over that Sunday morning in Sunday school when they listened to a teacher who opened her heart to God and obeyed God and trusted, and they trusted Christ as their Savior, you can bet they're going to be rejoicing over that. And I'm sure going to be rejoicing over my salvation, enjoying the benefits of my commitment to Christ. It's going to be a place of rejoicing. <laughs> Heard a song one time that made this statement. It said, if you don't like shouting, don't get on the cloud with me. About the way I feel this morning. 
If you don't like shouting, you better not be the same place I am because I'm going to be doing a little bit of it. Amen? Thank God for that. Just think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven. Just think of taking hold of a hand and finding it God's hand. Just think of breathing new air and finding it heavenly air. Just think of feeling invigorated and finding it immortality. Just think of passing from storm and tempest to an unbroken calm. Just think of waking up and finding it home. Dr. Adrian Rogers, who's pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, uh, many of you probably heard him on the radio or on television, um, he tells this story of the man who pastored that church for many years before him, Dr. R.G. Lee. Just before Dr. Lee stepped over into heaven, he had a vision of heaven. He lapsed into a deep sleep, almost like a coma. On awakening, he reported that he saw into heaven. He said that in the vision, he saw the Lord Jesus. He saw his mother, and he saw that golden city. When asked to describe what he had seen, this man who more nearly than any of the rest of us had mastered the English language, he was known for his eloquent speaking, said this, I can't describe it. My vocabulary is inadequate, and I never did it justice in my preaching. What do you reckon he saw? I don't know everything. But I know he saw enough to make me say this today. Y'all won't like living up there. What are we going to enjoy about heaven? We're going to enjoy it as a place of removing. Some things will be absent there. We're going to enjoy it as a place of revealing. Some things will be shown to us that we've never seen before. And it's going to be a place of rejoicing. As we rejoice forever in our salvation, the fact that our struggles are over with, and we're in his presence. Y'all going to like living up there. Let's bow our heads and pray as the musicians come to the instruments. Father, what a place to live. What a joy it will be one of these days to step into your presence to see you face to face. What a joy it will be. The song says, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I finally get to look upon your face, the one who saved me by your grace. When you take me by the hand and lead me through that promised land, what a day, what a glorious day that will be. Thank you that we've heard a little bit about heaven this morning. Thank you for you meeting with us this morning. God, what a privilege it's been. Just have you show up here this morning, God, and fellowship with us, unworthy we are. But God, thank you that you chose to tabernacle with us today. Thank you for the great testimonies. Thank you for the great music. Thank you, Lord, for the great message from your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have the promise of going to heaven one day. But, oh, God, if there's one here this morning that does not have that promise, Lord, I pray that this morning will be the time when they accept you as their Savior and trust you. Help us now during this invitation time. 
with their heads bowed and eyes closed while they're playing. I wonder how many Christians, right where you're at, you just stand up and find your place in this altar and come down here and thank God for the promise of heaven. Come on right now. Don't wait. Just come right now. Thank God for the promise of heaven. You'd walk down an aisle and just thank God. God, thank you. I'm going to heaven one day. Just rejoice this morning. Just be thankful this morning for heaven. But as they're praying, with their heads bowed and eyes closed still and no one looking around, let me ask this question. Do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100% that you're going to be in the place that we talked about today. Do you know, no doubt about it, do you know that if your life ended today, you'd wake up in His presence? Is there anybody in this audience who doesn't know that? If there is, I wonder if you just slip your hand up where I can see it and pray for you and put it right back down. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. Nobody's looking but me. Christians are praying. But if you're here today and you do not know for sure that heaven is your eternal destination, I wonder if you'd slip your hand up so I could pray for you. Anybody at all in this auditorium, and I'm looking, keep it up till I see it, anybody at all, See one hand down here on the altar. Anybody else? I'm not sure that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Anybody at all? Anybody else? Just continue to pray. Sing this song together. What a day that will be. What a glorious day that will be. Let's all stand and sing. 
One lady raised her hand and prayed with, thank God. Sing it like you mean it, like you're looking forward to going there. We're going to get to see him one day, amen. Yes. Save me by his grace. continue to pray over here we just thank God for what he's done for us had a great service this morning rejoicing over heaven one day we get to go there we're going to sing another verse of that in just a moment and if there's maybe somebody here who's been coming to church for a while and you feel like maybe this is a place God wants you to become a member Feel free to walk down an aisle, and we'll do our best to meet you and be a help to you and uh, receive you into our fellowship. Amen. We thank God for everything's worth it when one gets saved. And so we're just trusting God for one over here right now. Brother Rick, y'all sing one more verse, if you would. There'll be no Burdens to bear. Amen. No more part. No more sea. you're going, raise your hand and wave at me. Amen. Thank God. First time somebody ever raised your hand in church, wasn't it? Amen. Please be through the promised land. What a day that's going to be. message to remember because it all comes down to one phrase. You're going to like living up there. Looking forward to that day. Thank you for being here this morning. We do want to tear it just a moment give them the time to deal with that and uh, deal with this lady over here. At least she's trusting Christ as her Savior. Wonderful. Did I see uh, Lisa here with us? There she is over there. Lisa Dean is here with us. She was here Wednesday night. I just met her Wednesday night. Um, her husband, of course, was the associate pastor here for several years and uh, back in town visiting, and we're glad to have her. Brian and Lisa doing well from everything we hear, and uh, he's pastoring a church up in West Virginia. Is that right? Doing well up there and uh, just uh, serving God. Amen? And you had a part in it because... He was here, and you took care of him, and you helped him. 
and now you're clipping coupons on whatever they do in West Virginia. Heaven's going to be a place of rewarding, too. I can add another point to that, can I? God's going to reward us for the service we've done for him down here. I have to add that in somewhere. Amen. <laughs> One of the benefits of going to heaven. Thank God. The folks that gave testimonies, they were right in line. Excellent. Thank God for what he's done. And um, we're over here rejoicing. She got assurance of her salvation this morning. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? Amen. A Christian without assurance is a Christian who doesn't do a whole lot. But when you get that, that rock-solid assurance that you're on your way to heaven, it'll give you some motivation to keep going for God. Thank you for being here this morning, tonight at, what time we start? 6.30? 6.30 tonight, be here. <laughs>